Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, January 24th edition of the Basement Academy. Uh, if you're viewing the video, you see the whiteboard full of words. <laughs> Today is going to be very full. I hope you'll watch or listen to the end if you're only listening to the podcast. There's a lot of words on the, on the board. I'll try to unpack them for you. I want to begin with a morning psalm, Psalm 24, and I love this language about a generation that seeks God's face, and so may we be that, that generation. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Amen. And he alone has the clean hands and the pure heart worthy to enter into the presence of God. It's only through the merits of Christ that we are able to enter. We don't enter on our own merits and righteousness. Thanks be to God. Okay. Get ready, people. Strap on your seatbelt, okay? And so, <clears throat> read the passage from Luke about the new wine and the new wineskins, suggesting to you that the new wine is symbolic, it's metaphoric of this fulfillment, this new covenant, this new generation that God is, is birthing through the Spirit, uh, the, the born-again community. Uh, those who, who are Abraham's descendants by faith. And so this covenantal reality, new wine, stands symbolically, metaphorically for this. Um, and so go, go watch yesterday if you didn't see that. that today will make more sense uh, that way. And so the new wine is the fulfillment of God's purposes. It is the new covenantal relationship symbolized in a wedding, right? A covenantal partnership, a joy, celebration, intimacy that is generative, that brings forth new life, right? With the birth of children. And then <clears throat> the wine is symbolic of joy and freedom and celebration, kind of a sponta spontaneous living, right? And, and our, our hearts are gladdened when we, when we drink wine, and God made it so. So the new wineskins that Jesus speaks of, the new wineskins are the way of life that contain this new life. 
the, the manner of behavior, the manner of speech, the attitudes, the motives, the, the, the way this new life of freedom and joy is then lived in actual words, actual uh, decisions, uh, actual actions and behavior and, and, and the like, speech, right? And so <clears throat> I, I wanted to make reference, passing reference to, could have said this yesterday, but yesterday was quite full. Jesus tells parables of the vineyard. I am the vine, you are the branches. My father is the gardener. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit to my father's glory. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit is cut off. <laughs> and so he uses the image of the vineyard, Jesus the vine, so we're connected to him. That's where we draw our life from Christ. He's the one who gives the new wine, as it were. And then Matthew chapter 21 is the parable of the tenants in the vineyard. Uh, there was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. But the tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. He sends more servants. Eventually, he sends his own son. They will respect him, for he will be the heir. Then the tenants saw the son, and they said, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. A few sentences later, When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. Matthew 21 is just a retelling of Isaiah 5. I won't go to Isaiah 5. Suffice it to say that the vineyard and the new wine, as I suggested yesterday, the vineyard is suggestive of the kingdom, of the community, right? The, the tenants are the religious leaders, the prophets, the priests, I would say the kings of Israel, and now, in this case, with Jesus, it's the Pharisees, it's the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders. And this is what's important to understand. He condemns the religious leaders. He condemns Judaism in its form, in the, the form that it was taking at that time. So, I'm going to unpack this. Now we're talking about the new wineskins, the new way of life. And so we have to go back to the original vineyard, i.e. the Garden of Eden, right? And so the garden, before the fall, the garden in creation, chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis, you have humanity made in the image of God. God places them in the garden. They have freedom. They have agency, is what we could would say. They're moral creatures. They have the capacity to evaluate and, and discern, and so God gives freedom, says you may eat of any tree of the garden, but of this one tree do not eat. And so there's freedom to be exercised within the context of limits. And so the moral evaluation is what did God say? And so that's the place of attack. The serpent comes and says, well, did God really say this? 
Now, and so be, to be made in the image of God, we have capacities to hear, to understand, to discern, to evaluate. To, and, and so th there was a response. Eve says, no, 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 no. He didn't say it quite that way. And then the deception comes, the, 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 the temptation comes. And so before the fall, humanity made in the image of God is to exercise the will that God has given them. And God gave a will, right? This is, this is part of uh, being made in God's image. He gave a will that is to be exercised. I exercise my will to do the will of God that has been clearly revealed and spoken. And so there's no conflict. I use my will to do what God wants. God wants me to tend the garden. I tend the garden. God gives me freedom of choice. You may eat of any tree of the garden, but not this one. So I exercise my will to do the will of God. So we have pie and stew and casserole and, and grilled whatever, right? You know, free to eat of anything. I exercise my will in joyful, free, spontaneous obedience to a God who loves me. <laughs> and so that's the way life is supposed to be freely living in the world that God has created, bending my will, submitting my will to the will of God. Why else wouldn't I? God said, do it. I will do it. Okay. That's the original state of affairs. Then the fall. Obviously, Adam and Eve do eat of that forbidden fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that fruit poisons them and it alters something in them that then is transmitted to the human family. It poisons the human family. And what it does is moral evaluation is less about, well, what did God say? And let's go do what God said. Moral evaluation becomes, what do I say? Let's go do what I want. And so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is taking to themselves a, a fruit, a prerogative, something that belongs to God alone, the, the ability to know or determine good and evil. So the human family now is cursed with this sense of my moral judgment is right. Even if that is over and against what God has said is right. God's not fair to make a world where I don't have access to all the gifts of that world, all the trees of that world. And so the human family is poisoned with the sense of always feeling like we're right and then insisting upon our way. And so what ends up happening is I now, in this world that we live, post-Eden, the fall, east of Eden, I seek to exercise my will to bend the will of others to do my will. Instead of exercising my will to do the will of God, that's the original plan, I live freely, joyfully. Now, the human family schemes and manipulates and plots and plans and forms tribes, moral tribes. We've talked about that many times. And the moral tribe seeks to bend the will of others to the will of the tribe, or I seek to, as an individual, bend your individual will to do what I want you to do. This is the story of the human family in, in a kind of a nutshell, right? 
the new. And so what happens then when Jesus comes, this is the old wineskins, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those who were charged to shepherd uh, 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 and to tend the vineyard, right? To, to lead the people of God towards truth. What they have done is they've taken the word and will of God and they have laid on top of it the tradition of the elders. And so they've added to it and they've, they, they've um, accumulated a, a set of traditions, actions, and, and, and other realities that if, so they, as the religious leaders, they are trying to bend the will of the people to do their will. And it, see, it's always an elite. It's an elite group of religious leaders or I would say an elite group of political leaders. And that's all politics is. I'm trying to bend the will of the community, <laughs> of the body politic, to the will that I want accomplished. And we'll often use force or threats and the like. And this is, of course, what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing. That's the old wineskins, Right. Those old wineskins, Jesus comes in and heals on the Sabbath, and they are furious. You can't heal on the Sabbath. How dare you? And they, they plot to get him out of there. Either you will do what we say or we will remove you. And so what we have is the Pharisees, that life representing the old wineskin, and then you could say Pilate and the Roman Empire, but really the, the, the secular authorities are in the backdrop in the New Testament, mostly. We're dealing with the, the, the community of faith. And so uh, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, this, this small cadre of elites, are trying to get others to do their will. This is the old wineskins. And the old wine is that way of life that is governed by the fall, not by the original plan. And so ultimately what we have is Jesus shows up on the scene and you've got old wine. Ultimately, we're just gonna, I'm gonna live my life trying to tell other people what to do. And I'm gonna manipulate them and I'm gonna scheme and plot and I'm gonna resist when somebody tries to get, because it's, it's a battle of wills both ways, right? People are trying to get me to do their will and I'm trying to get them to do my will. And so life is a battle of wills in the home between husband and wife, between parents and children, uh, between extended family members, brother sibling rivalry, right? So you've got extended family uh, conflicts, and then you have conflicts between races, between nations, between tribes. You've got all, the human family is all about conflict, all trying to bend the will of others to the will, to what I want them to do. That's the old wine, and the wineskins are all the, the plotting schemes and ways that we do that. And Jesus comes and says, there's new wine. There's wine from a vineyard. There's wine from a garden that is joyful wine. It, it leads to freedom. And so the new wine and then the new wineskins, the life that re reflects that, 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 that new wine, there's freedom, there's joy, there's spontaneity. I am free now to trust that God knows better. When Christ dies for me, forgiving me for all of that seeking to bend the will of others to the will of God, not, you know, doing the will of God as I ought to. 
He gives the spirit. That spirit is the presence of the new wine, that new life that is in me, the way of Jesus and the words of Jesus. And so I now am free to trust God instead of myself. I trust that God knows better. I don't know better. I forsake what happened at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where I think I'm always right and I know what's best for my life. I do not know what's best for my life. I certainly do not know what's best for your life. Now, to the degree that I could say it's best for my life, that I trust in Jesus and follow him, I could say that's what's best for your life too. But I'm not going to bend you to that. I am going to concern myself with my own life. That's freedom. And so there's a freedom from seeking to control others. Hallelujah. Could you imagine what it would be like to live your life today and every day without trying to control others to make them do something you want them to do or you think they ought to do? Religiously, politically, relationally, in business. Say, well, in business, you know, we've got to, if we're going to make money, we got to... I'd be curious to talk with some of you about the application of this in the life of business and deal making where people are trying to manipulate and scheme. There's a way of being honest. Honesty in business is the new wine and the new wineskin. Not manipulation and, you know, hiding behind lawyers and little subclauses and contracts and trying to get away with things. The new wine and new wineskins in business is to be honest and just to tell the truth. And if people don't like that or they take advantage of you, then you just never do business with them again because I don't want to do business with people who don't tell the truth, right? So freedom, the freedom of the new wine, the new wine skis is learning a new way of living so that I am not trying to control others to bend them to what I want them to do. Now, that's difficult because we're so habituated to the old wine and the old wineskins. That's the reality. That's why wine is so significant because you take someone, you know, you go to a party and someone who you never hear from and they're an introvert and they're always just kind of hiding out. Give them a couple of drinks. All of a sudden they start talking. Wow. That's why wine is such a great image for this. It leads to freedom and joy and spontaneous action. And maybe the things that I'm really thinking come out when I am under the influence, right? And then there's also a freedom from being controlled by others. See, the battle of wills in the old wine, old wineskins in the fall, the, the battle of wills runs both ways. I'm trying to get others to do their will, my will. I'm trying to get others to do my will. They are trying to get me to do their will. And so it's this battle for control. And so the new wine and the new wineskin says, live free of that. Live rather than seeking to control others or, or resisting the control of others. Live a life of freedom that you're concerned with the will of God, that I exercise my will to do God's will. And so Jesus shows up and the things he says is, you have heard it said, that's the old wine and the old wineskins. But I say to you, this is the new wine and the new ones. You have heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemy. Old wineskins will not hold that new wine. 
an old way of life that thinks the only way to live is to manipulate others, is to, to kind of scheme around others, to be suspicious of others, not to trust their motives if you're working into some kind of deal. And so frankly, it's been interesting as we've been in a long conversation as a group of elders. This is a, a spontaneous thought here. The group of elders has been talking about our denominational uh, alignment with the P2SA and possibly realigning to some other uh, Presbyterian um, community. And it's been interesting to observe the elders. I, I don't say this to be judgy, it more uh, observe the patterns of speech and assumption and attitudes towards our presbytery as we prepare to be in conversation with them in these coming weeks and months is old wineskin. It's old wine. It's assuming they're coming at us manipulatively. They're coming at us with ulterior motives and they're going to seize assets and possibly seize property. And this is amongst the elders who are, and, and I don't fault them. It's, and I, what I've been trying to do is to teach them this is not the way we think as Christians. Now we default to that yeah, but that's not the way it works. That is old wine, that is old wineskins, and Jesus is liberating us from that. So we are going to be open and transparent with our Presbytery representatives. We're just going to tell the truth, walk in the light, as Christ calls us to walk in the light. We're going to love as best we can those, even if there is disagreement, and there will be disagreement. And I will try to shepherd Greenwich into this same reality that we will love in radical ways that reflects the new wine of the new covenant and the kingdom and this joyful, spontaneous, free way of being that is not trying to control or be controlled. Friends, that's good news. That's the good news of the gospel, that we can live freely in, even in this world, totally in the next, right? But but we can begin to taste that freedom, that new wine, even in this world. So, so anyway, as, as you're hearing this and thinking, about it, I'll, I'll tease some more thoughts out uh, tomorrow around this, about living in to this freedom. And this is the life we want to pass to the next generation. We do not want to teach our children the ways of scheming and manipulation and deception and trying to control others. We want to teach our children the joy of the freedom of walking in the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, be pleased to bring about, pour forth this new wine into our lives that our actions would then move under the influence of that wine, not the old wine that poisons, the old wine that controls and is, is controlled, Lord. So lead us, I pray for my sisters and brothers who have heard this, that there might be understanding of these truths. And we will give you thanks for this new life and this freedom that we have through Jesus, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray together, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
May God not only fill you with a new wine, but may he give you a new wineskin, a new way of living with freedom and joy in the power and presence of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.